It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, today is actually Wednesday. I know we've been talking about how every day feels like a Wednesday, <laughs> but I believe today is Wednesday. How you doing, buddy? I was just gonna say, uh, uh, it, you know, congratulations to all of you who guessed Wednesday that today <laughs> is Wednesday. So uh, again, make sure you email Marcus and he'll send you your prizes, yep. and uh, make sure you send a, st- a stamp envelope and address, social security number, and mom's. You'll bank. get a free Levon Kirkland autograph that I have in my office right here. Um, <laughs> All right, so today we're going to be talking about day three of the draft. We spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about uh, targets for the Cowboys in the first two rounds. Uh, Today we're going to talk about some of our favorite day three targets, uh, some positions the Cowboys may go after, and maybe even a couple trade opportunities that could arise uh, for Dallas on that Saturday. Um, Landon, let's start with this. We kind of have an idea of what positions the Cowboys could draft on the first you know, two days of the draft. We think they're going to go after cornerbacks. Uh, we think there's also potential that maybe they get an edge rusher in the first round uh, in Caleb on chase on. Um, maybe they go with a wide receiver early. Um, but on day three, what positions are you looking for the Cowboys to add depth to? Because once you get to that third day of the draft, you're not really looking for starters. You're just looking for guys that can kind of fill a role as a backup, maybe on special teams. 
What are you know two or three of the positions that you're looking for the Cowboys to address on that Saturday? Well, it's interesting how much the angles all change by day mm-hmm. three, right? You have kind of a formula that you're following that's uh, some kind of uh, weighted uh, uh, addition of, of best player available to and also player a position of need. Uh, and then that's kind of what you you use as sort of your your guiding star for the first you know two days and and, and you kind of form inform allow that information to inform your board and then you build a board and then draft I, I think with with the with the you know the later round stuff you're 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 serving a couple different masters I think sometimes you know if you don't have an agenda you're you're drafting about as clean uh, BPA as you ever will be you know yeah. i think there are times and that that can happen i think there are times when you know that you need uh, a specific position that doesn't have that is uh, uh it's, it's it's that's bountiful that that you know that you know that is is gonna you're gonna be able to get a contributor at that that role uh later on and, and those kind of players are usually you know special teams role players backups you know or uh i think you know certain positions specific positions like linebacker and running back where you know every year the, the draft is filthy with those guys there's just a lot of linebackers and running backs uh in, in college football that are making their way to the pros so i, I think that there's a, a a the class of linebackers and running backs specifically that you can get in the later rounds is probably uh, a bump higher than the other positions just oh, by yeah. sheer volume, you know, and also because they don't get picked over like a Thanksgiving turkey in the first two rounds. So um, I think that that's, you know, a position, especially the Cowboys would look into. They seemingly always draft a linebacker every mm-hmm. year. Um, I think, again, like going into some of these other positions that you may not consider to be positions of need right now, but if you've noticed, and, and this is something that I think we – we tend to forget a lot when, when draft day comes is that this team tends to draft for a year from now. Uh, and, and, and they, they, they certainly like to set themselves up uh, uh, for, you know, expiring contracts that may be happening, getting a player in a year early to try to develop as, as an option. So I, you know, you look at the way the roster is laid out right now, I, I would not at all be surprised to see them double dip at, at defensive back. Uh, I would not at all be surprised to see them, uh, you know, double dip at wide receiver if they needed to, because there isn't, there's there's a lot of positions where they have a lot of talent and kind of even some backup roles that they, but they don't necessarily have players that they would like to develop. Right. And when if you think about the fact that they have. Uh, a, a new coaching staff and they're all going to have their own preferences on what kind of players they like to develop. Uh, you know, there could be a lot more turnover happening with some of the, uh, you know, the kind of the Donovan Alumbas, the John yeah, yeah. Johnson's, the guys, the guys that are the holdovers from last season's coaching staff uh, that may be replaced this year by these late round undrafted free agents that the the new coaching staff. All right, so those are all great points. Um, just a couple of things I want to put into the mind of you know the Cowboy fans is you mentioned that a lot of times day three is for down the road picks, but it's a lot of times about special teams as well, right? You're grabbing guys that could you know play right away on special teams and make a roster. It's very notable that John Fossil, the Cowboys' new uh, special teams coach, 
has historically always preferred to have defensive guys on his coverage units and return units. He just thinks those guys are uh, more accustomed to tackling and blocking and you know being on special teams. So <clears throat> I have a feeling that you're going to see a lot of day three picks for the Cowboys that are probably on the defensive side of the ball, not only just to rebuild and, you know, rejuvenate, you know, the defensive talent that they've lost us, you know, in free agency, but also because I think that's generally the type of player that Fossil likes to have. So I could certainly see the Cowboys maybe doubling up on a corner. Maybe they draft a corner at 17 and then grab another one in the fifth round who could be a special teams guy. Maybe I have a feeling that the Cowboys are going to carry more cornerbacks this year because of special teams reasons. So where you're, we're used to them normally, you know, having four guys, maybe that number goes all the way up to six. Uh, maybe they carry more safety. So uh, I fully expect them to, to grab a lot of defenders on day three. Um, I've mentioned a couple other positions really quickly. You mentioned running back. I think there's a lot of talent at running back in this class. Uh, I'll get to a couple guys in a second. Um, you know, maybe if the Cowboys want to use more of Tony Pollard as a slot receiver, uh, maybe they're going to want another guy that at least can you know help out you know running the ball maybe as a receiver as well. Uh, quarterback Mike McCarthy has almost always had at least three quarterbacks on his roster. He believes in drafting these guys and developing them. Uh, James Morgan from Florida International is somebody that we know the Cowboys have a lot of interest in. Probably a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick somewhere in that range. Uh, and then linebackers got to continue to to rebuild the linebacking core. Uh, not only because of you know. Leighton Vander Esch's neck injury, uh, but Sean Lee's on a one-year deal. Joe Thomas is on a one-year deal. Justin March is on a one-year deal. Uh, who knows what they have in Luke Gifford. So I fully expect them to continue to, to kind of rebuild that spot as well. Um, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about some guys that we think the Cowboys may target on day three. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, I'm going to allow you to go first. Uh, you have a guy that we've been talking about in our DMs for, oh, I don't know now, what, two months? Uh, one of our favorite yep. late round guys. I'm calling this a, uh, a Best Coast Boys slash Locked On Cowboys special. Uh, tell, us fair, about, fair. tell us about your 
favorite day three prospect? Yeah, uh, San Diego State cornerback Luke Barco. Um, I, you know, and the funny thing about it is that you and, and uh, real quick, Marcus, plug that site that you use for the the, the draft stock. Uh, GrindingTheMocks.com. Uh, Grinding the mocks does a great job of kind of collecting all the different mocks and then creating like a stock chart based on where that player's stock is, yep. right? So if you go if you go there, it'll create a nice little chart. It'll show you uh, how the player's uh, stock has risen or fallen throughout this draft process, you know, and it kind of assembles them f- from a bunch of different mocks all across, whether it's professional or, you know. Yeah, it gives uh, you an idea of where these guys are going to go, right? Yeah. It's funny because you look at Luke Barkus, it's kind of kind of a, a wide berth, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's it, you you see him everywhere from like fifth, fourth, fifth round. I saw as high as the bottom of the fourth to I think Dane has him listed as a priority free agent. So which seems to insane me to Luke Barkus, which yeah, what it seems insane to me that he goes undrafted, yeah, but he probably that, will. It won't surprise me. I mean, he's okay. So Luke Barco, San Diego State, six one one seventy two. So he's a, a definitely undersized. I mean, that's that's the one limitation. He's a big, tall guy. He's got long arms, but he's he uh, he's uh, he's got reasonably sized arms, and then he's he's got kind of undersized, uh, less than probably one hundred eighty pounds. But this is a guy who we talked about this uh, had twenty five pass deflections uh, his senior year. It's incredible. Uh, another five his junior year. So thirty pass deflections in twenty two games uh, uh, is his college career. Has ten interceptions. He led the nation in interceptions and pass deflections last year. Uh, was a second team All American, first team All Mountain West Conference. Led yeah, like I said, led the led all of FBS in passes defended and in interceptions. You know, say what you will about interceptions. Pass deflection is it translates is translatable Absolutely. translatable ball production at the quarterback level, and you go watch the guy. He's physical. He doesn't mind mixing it up. Uh, you know, he he had some uh, uh, you know early issues uh, in his college career. He ended up at at, at a junior college, uh, but then when he transferred to San Diego State, immediately kind of stepped in uh, was was uh, lighting it up. And I, I just I love the way you know he. I, I compare him a lot to kind of a maybe slightly less athletic, but still more probably more long speed version of 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 Diggs, right? Where he's a yeah, bigger yeah. guy, you know, he's 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 has great ball skills, knows how to work off of a zone to get into a passing lane. Uh, I just I I mean he's he he's got he, in the same way that it, just like Diggs, he's new to the position. Um, and and he needs work on you know technique and that sort of thing, but he has instincts that you can't teach, you know, and and and, right, and those right. are the kind of things that it's like that really draw me to him. So I like him a lot. I, I would love him. I mean, the fourth, fifth, fifth round probably is where I would take him. Uh, but if he falls any further than that, the Cowboys have to take him. I I just think he's being extremely overlooked for considering the amount of you know production he had on the football consistently. Through the 22 games of, of FBS football that he played. Yeah, so we heard from somebody who would know that the Cowboys have at least had some interest in uh, Bracco. So uh, somebody who you know you need to monitor, again, probably not a fourth or fifth round pick, probably a sixth, seventh, maybe UDFA guy. Uh, yeah. But, if, but if, if that's somebody that you can stash at the bottom of your roster and maybe he's on the practice squad for a year or so, uh, I think there's a chance that you get you know maybe a – 
not a number one or even number two corner, but maybe somebody who is a you know a, a number three, number four that you feel pretty good about on game days. I, I think that's a realistic yeah. ceiling, right? Absolutely. And, and if you guys are looking to watch him, it's it's Luke L U Q and Barku B I B A R. God, I mean, I'm not helping you at all. It's L U Q B A R C O Barku. Definitely check. He was also at the Shrine game, so I think the Shrine game is yeah. on YouTube now. So if you want to go watch the Shrine game, played pretty well there. Um, so you get to see him at least some against some guys that are going to be playing in the NFL soon. Um, let's go through a couple other of our favorite day three guys. Uh, we'll go through a couple of these kind of quickly. Reggie Robinson, uh, the cornerback from Tulsa. We talked about him, I believe, last week. I have him in the third round. My guess is he probably goes in the fourth round, but that's somebody who I think has starting potential. Uh, really quick summary on Robinson for the people that maybe missed last week's podcast, Landon. Uh, physical player. Uh, he's one of the few guys who's like six foot, 200 plus pounds, who actually plays to his size. I, I mean, I think he's got great awareness, very heady, uh, good recognition in football IQ. Uh, I, I, a very strong disruptor in uh, 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 press coverage. He, he can tend to play a, a little bit high. Yep. He's probably only an outside corner, uh, but he has experience in man coverage. He's comfortable with the with his back turned to the QB. Uh, he's got a lot of really good tools. I think he just needs uh, some seasoning, and uh, and he could be a very good outside corner, probably a, a high end CB two. If you, if you yeah, really I, I agree. He's somebody that I really like. You know, if the Cowboys. Um, they want to double up on corner. Like, let's say, for instance, they get stuck at 17 and the pick is Trevon Diggs and Reggie Robinson. Those are two long, athletic cornerbacks that yeah. I could certainly see. You know, let's say Awuzie and Jordan Lewis leaving free agency next year. I could certainly see a scenario where Diggs and Robinson are now your starting outside corners in 2021 with Anthony Brown in the slot. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Another guy that I need to mention, uh, Amik Robertson from... Uh, La Tech. Uh, we know that the Cowboys at least like La Tech guys a little bit. They drafted Xavier Woods yep. in 2017. Uh, they had interest in Jalen Ferguson last year. Uh, Amik Robertson is exactly what you want from a small cornerback. Uh, he's like 5'8", 195 pounds, but man, is he physical. Not afraid of yep. anything. I saw Pro Football Focus thinks he actually might be a better safety in the NFL. I could kind of see that if he's in like a, a, a Lamarcus Joyner role where he's playing in the slot, you know, and maybe as like an overhang defender. I I can kind of see that, but um, he's a, he's a fun fun little cornerback prospect that you know if you get him, I, he's one of those guys. If you take him in round three, I think that's an absolute steal. What do you think about Robertson? Oh yeah, that's the round three would be a steal. He's scrappy. He's tough. You see him go against big wide receivers and just knock them back, and just has you know he has no problem against guys that are larger. So you know sometimes you worry about these undersized corners, and you know I, I think there is some that does. He probably will have a certain amount of limitations uh, in the NFL just because. These guys are all freaks. Probably a slot, I, probably I think, slot defender. He's probably where he's probably be. yeah. And, 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 but I think that what you get is a guy who probably will play in the NFL for ten years. I agree. And, and you know, like he's just so smart and has such good ball skills and and can see it so well that uh, you know he'll he'll whatever short <laughs> shortcomings sure. he may have, yeah. uh, he'll overcome them with. Uh, with ball ball production and, and, and making big plays at the times you need. Yeah, what's funny about him is I actually don't really have any questions about his play style. Like, I know what he is. He's not going to win against big oh, yeah. receivers. He, he's going to be a slot guy. 
It's just the injuries, right? That's the only reason why you're probably getting him after the top 60 or 70 picks is because he's had uh, a few injuries that need to be examined. And with this, you know, crazy cycle for the NFL draft this year, you know, maybe teams don't have a great feel on him. So I, I, I'm guessing he goes sometime on day three. But man, is he going to be of value there? Um, yeah, Landon, give me another guy that you're you you like on day three that you would be interested in seeing the Cowboys draft. Well, we talked about Barkley. We talked about we talked about lots of uh, of uh, of defensive players. Uh, I think for me, let's talk about some wide receivers. Still, right? Oh yeah, um, I, I think that you know if you, you could easily take a wide receiver early, uh, and then you could you could. We talked about potentially double, double dipping at cornerback, uh, but what if you were to go wide receiver like in the third round, and then later come back with someone like uh, uh, Quintez Cephas? Okay, that, Cephas, I, I, yeah, yeah. Is that Cephas? Yeah, because I, I like, and I think if you if you talk to Wisconsin fans, they love this kid, and they can't understand why he's a late round pick. And I, I heard, I think it was Dane Brugler talking about how he's getting a lot of slack for it. Yeah. You go, you go and watch this this kid, and you know he's not, he's not like, he's not blowing anybody. He's not blowing past people, no, right? No, no. But what, but what he can do is catch the football, uh, and he he is a a really good athlete considering um, he doesn't have. Uh, you know, it's it's. I hate to compare to all these people to Diggs, but it, it is like that where it's like. He's got basketball athletics. Oh yeah, right. Where it's yep. like where he's he's long and he can move well in short areas, uh, and he can you know I think he can separate at the top of routes, uh, but I think it's going to be uh, a little bit more difficult for him in in uh, in in the pros. But I, I think he's got good feet. Uh, he can he can move, change direction quickly. I think he needs a, just a little bit of better. Uh, uh, honing of his of his routes but i think he's he's gonna catch the ball he's gonna get the ball down the field he's got very good uh play strength he's 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 gonna be you know one of these guys who again probably will play a long time because once he figures out the savvy part of route running uh he's got the body and play strength and and hand-eye coordination to kind of play that position for a long time and be a reliable target um i know at the nfl combine um jeffrey okuda and Damon Arnett, the two cornerbacks from Ohio State, both said Quentin Cephas was the toughest receiver that they had to guard in their NFL career. Uh, I know uh, our buddy Matt Waldman loves him, uh, compared him to a cross between Anquan Bolden and Allen Robinson, and I think you can, Bolden, yeah, yeah, and I think you can really see the Allen Robinson comps because, like um, Robinson, Cephas is not all that fast. You know, he ran in the four sevens or whatever it is at the combine, four five five at his pro day. But you see the explosiveness. Both guys had, you know, like 38-inch verticals. They can win with the balls in the air. They're just not going to win down the field. But, you know, if Cephas is your third or fourth receiver and you just need him to win in the slot and you need him to make contested catches, could I see him having in, you know, like an Allen Robinson-type career in the NFL? Or not? Or uh, Allen Hearns, sorry. An Allen Hearns-type career in the NFL? Absolutely. I think that's a, a very realistic outcome. Um, I'll give another one, another slow receiver, uh, Jaywan Jennings uh, from Tennessee. Uh, oh, you yeah. watch the tape, and man, there's not a player in this draft that is more physical than Jennings. Uh, just not not fast at all, uh, but super productive at Tennessee. Played with a lot of different quarterbacks. 
Um, I, I think he's somebody who, uh, again, if he becomes your third or fourth receiver, you can live with the lack of speed because he's going to get open. He's going to make plays after the catch. Uh, he can actually play on special teams. Uh, very, very productive. Um, just a, a, a fun day three guy that's going to probably come in, catch somewhere between 35 and 45 passes every single year and be you know an important part of the offense. Um, any other receivers you want to mention before we move on? Uh, yeah, the uh, uh, Texas A&M receiver. Not, Courtney uh, Davis. What's his name? Courtney, yes. He, he I... I'm having a, I see all these players very well in my head when I call them up. It's their names I don't call up very well. Yes, Courtney Davis. Uh, I, I I like this guy again. I mean, kind of again in that mold of the uh, not extremely fast, not extremely large. Uh, you know, doesn't have uh, the overwhelming physical attributes that get these wide receivers drafted high, especially in a class like this, right, where there's just so m- much talent all over the place. Uh, guys like Courtney Davis, Cephas, uh, J- uh, uh, the Tennessee kid, Jackson Jen- Johnson, Jen- uh, Jennings, all... yep. Jennings. I got you. Uh, they all, I, I mean, it's just all, too many yeah, names at this time of year. Uh, they all get pushed down, you know, because they, they, they have talent that they just don't have the, uh, physical, uh, uh, you know, numbers, the, the testing numbers that kind of pop mm-hmm. to go with their production numbers. And so they, they these guys end up being later round picks, but that doesn't mean that they, they can't end up being talented wide receivers. And I, I think Davis is another one of these guys where I, I like him in the slot. I think he'll catch anything. Uh, I think that if you look at what the, you know, again, like this is a guy who operated, you know, very well inside at, at the SEC, uh, you know, was able to produce uh, – decently i mean he he had uh uh some issues with with you know staying being reliable and be you know being staying on the field his, his senior year um yeah he had missed it he tore acl his, his freshman year so i think he really kind of struggled to be this is a guy who i think that has a, th- that same kind of skill set as the other two guys we mentioned the difference here is that he didn't have the opportunity to show very much production in college. So he's he's kind of more of an unknown because he had some injury issues, wasn't able to kind of ever consistently get things going. This is a guy who may end up falling all the way uh, into into undrafted free agency. Oh, very possible, and yeah. You'll, you'll find a guy that will be a much better pro than he was in college football just because of timing situation. Uh, but this is a guy that you know that that uh, Jimbo Fisher was really big on getting as a four-star recruit out of high school, uh, and it just didn't pan out the way it probably should have in college, you know, due to injuries and a variety of other things. Maybe you get this guy a little bit later. Maybe you guys get this get this guy after the draft, uh, and you develop him a little bit, and then suddenly uh, uh, you're 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 good to go, and you've mm-hmm. got a guy who can really come in and give you some solid snaps if, at, at the very least as a third wide receiver. I'll give you a couple more really quickly. Darnell Mooney from Tulane, uh, kind of rising yep. up late in the draft process. Four three eight speed, uh, small but doesn't play that way. Uh, I think he's an interesting day three guy. Joe Reed from Virginia, uh, one of the best special teamers in all of the country. I think he averaged like thirty two yards a kick return in college. Um, you know, he's somebody that I think is an interesting late round target. Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, you know, a pro ready slot guy, big slot six one. Uh, doesn't blow away from guys, but I think he could win in the red zone. 
and on third down. Um, before we move on, Landon, give me one last guy, You know, whether it's a tight end, defensive tackle, one more day three target that you want the, uh, the listeners to know about. I've listen, I've I'm tapped out. I think okay. <laughs> I, I think I've I've if, if you've got a name I, I I honestly I think for me if it's defensive we could talk about uh, Benito from Old Miss. Benito Jones, he's kind uh, of fun. Yeah, he's like a trash yeah, can I, full I, of dirt. Khalil Davis uh, from Nebraska. Uh, he's another guy that's kind of a late round guy. I, I when I watched him. I saw a lot of uh, kind of a slightly poor man's Malik Collins. Okay. Um, you know, and maybe that's because he's from Nebraska and, and it looks similar size and height, height and weights. But, uh, you know, I think if you're looking at uh, for to add even more depth at the defensive interior, there's definitely guys, like you mentioned, there's three or four guys who I would describe as trash cans filled with dirt. And then there's some more guys that are like Davis that are, probably slightly less athletic three techniques that um you know I, at that point what, what are we what are you getting really i mean i, I think there's if you can't develop yeah. a, 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 a athletically you might be better just spinning those picks on the big hog mollies who will t- eat up double teams in the good middle. names I'll, I'll give you one more late late round guy probably even a udfa uh tight end steven sullivan from lsu um yeah you know kind of split time with uh, Thad Moss there was really your receiver in 2018. This is a super super freak athlete. Uh, he looks like uh, he looks like a deer playing the tight end position because uh, I think he's like six foot six, 250 pounds, um, really long arms. I'm, I'm trying to look up his arm length right now. I remember 30, almost 35 and a half inch. Almost. It's it's totally ridiculous. It's like I've never seen a tight end yeah, yeah. with that. Arm length before. 10 inch hands, uh, ran a 4.66 at the NFL Combine, 36 and a half inch vertical. Um, has no idea what he's doing out there. You can see he's still kind of lost as a blocker. Um, not bad as a receiver, but certainly needs work there. I think this is a guy that you put on your practice squad for two years, maybe even three years. And then down the line, maybe you get a Darren Waller type of tight end. So uh, somebody just to keep your eye on, probably as a seventh round picker, UDFA. Um, Landon, before we leave, uh, we wanted to get together and talk about some potential trade targets because we have seen over the last couple of years, the Cowboys are interested now in, you know, trading some of their late round picks for guys that can come in and contribute, uh, right away. We saw them do it last year with Robert Quinn and Michael Bennett. Uh, we saw them do it in a previous season with, you know, Tavon Austin in the third round or third day of the draft. Uh, we've seen them trade for Jihad Ward. Um, is there anybody that sticks out to you or any position that maybe would make sense if the Cowboys don't address that position in the first two rounds or first two days? You know, I, I would not be surprised. I mean, just because the wide receiver class is so strong, if there weren't some, uh, uh, you know, available wide receivers for trade, you know, uh, at the, on the back end of the draft on draft day, you know the Cowboys traded for Tavon Austin to the Rams, like like you said, and and I think, uh, you know th- that sort of trade I think is probably pretty palatable for them again. Absolutely, if they yeah. were to find something like, uh, you know, uh, we we had spoken about D.D. Westbrook from mm-hmm. uh, Jacksonville as a guy that's on his last year, uh, Kiki Kuti. Uh, as a guy that you know, Houston seems to be open for business, um, especially you know, now that they've signed Randall Cobb. Right, he they kind of don't have another need for you know a backup slot receiver. 
yeah uh carolina is seems to be having a fire sale so uh i i think that you know wide receiver just because of the depth mm-hmm. uh it, it it creates opportunity for teams that are willing to take a chance on a veteran that's uh you know that they can get for a late round pick uh and, and enterprising teams that are looking on the other end of this uh uh deep class will look at these teams and say well hey if, if you've drafted so and so then let me just relieve you of that uh you know that wide receiver contract that you clearly are not interested in paying so uh those are the kind of opportunities that i would look for you know positions that you need that maybe either through the draft or just you know through the process of the offseason has made uh, a certain player who's you know on the last last year of their deal probably expendable and 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 uh maybe make it more it worth the other team's while to give that player up for a pick at least getting something from them uh, as opposed to just letting them walk in free agency the following year yeah i think you you brought up some good names westbrook is you know somebody on the last year of his contract he can play on the outside probably not a slot receiver but gives you some speed curtis samuel is another one on the last year of his contract uh the panthers uh, just signed Robbie Anderson to a big deal. They have DJ Moore. Would they be willing to to get rid of Samuel for a fourth or fifth round pick? That seems at least somewhat reasonable. Uh, Kenny Stills has a big cap number um, there, but I still think he's a good player. Um, you know, you could even look at some other teams that maybe are just continuing to try to stockpile assets. What about the Dolphins with like Jakeem Grant? You know, they have a lot of receivers there. Would they be willing to to trade him out for a fourth or fifth round pick? Uh, Willie Sneed is somebody in Baltimore who maybe doesn't fit that offense perfectly. Uh, maybe he's a better fit in you know into a Cowboy style offense. Uh, Marquise Lee is another one in Jacksonville. So a lot of those type of guys out there, and with the Cowboys being in a unique situation where you know they already have their top two receivers, they have a lot of guys at the end of the roster that they like, and you know Devin Smith and Cedric Wilson, but they need a more reliable number three receiver. I think there's going to be plenty of options available to them uh, via trade on day three if the Cowboys decide to go down that avenue. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you next time. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.